0: Cfm one hundred four to one hundred seven nationwide. Let's go to the States. Our new Davis Cup captain is Christo von Rendsburg. He joins us via Skype. Good talking to you, uh, Christo. How's it going?
1: Hi, John. I'm doing well. I'm sitting here in Austin, Texas, and I'm in awe listening to the last five minutes of your introduction. You know, I'm trying to put a team together, and I wonder, I think you should come and work for me because you can give me all my answers I'm needing in like a matter of 10 minutes. You'll save me so much time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's all on the internet. I just read the words. Uh, what, what's it like living in the States at the moment? I can't not ask you this. After the selections and everything that's been building up, what's it been like to actually be in the States at the moment?
1: Well, listen, there's a lot of stuff obviously happening. And like any election and everywhere... Some people will be happy and some not. Five, uh, four years ago, it was the same thing. But, uh, you know, i am we're all so surprised just like you are down there. Mm. And then you have COVID that everyone takes very serious and they should. So, uh, we're all learning as we go here at this stage. Everything is like new information. <laughs> Things are <laughs> happening that never happened before. Oh. And we have to... Find way- solutions for everything.
0: Let's start at the beginning. Christopher Nrensberg, Davis Cup captain, congratulations on that. But let's go back a little bit. What has a young man from Itenach been doing playing tennis? How did all of that begin?
1: Well, listen, uh, believe it or not, Utenach actually had uh, some good players coming out there because when I was young, Linky Bosov's mum coached me. Mm-hmm. And she was about... Uh, four or five years older than I am. So she played overseas, won the U.S. Open doubles with uh, Ilana Kloss. So when she came home, I would eat with her. The guy who took me under my wing right in the beginning when I turned pro was uh, Michael Mayberg, ranked about 200 in the world. And then you had the Fermat sisters from uh, uh, Kirkwood. Hmm. So there's actually some... Players came out there, so it was very easy. It was easy for me to follow their footsteps. Mm. But I was not as good as them as a junior. <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, I actually stopped. I was, I gave up tennis. I was only ranked 21 in South Africa. And I was finished high school and June intake in the army. Six months. I had suits to go and work in the, ju- in, in, uh, in the bank. And my late father-in-law, uh, you know, Called me up. He says, Come and live with me in Johannesburg, play with my kids. Mm. They were all number one in yeah. the age groups. My life changed with a phone call.
0: Eventually, world number 19 at one point. When was that? Back in 1988. You should say top 20. It sounds <laughs> a lot better. Okay, you made it into the world top 20. What was it like? <laughs> The the 80s, difficult time at uh, for South Africa, extremely difficult time. What was it like having to tour, be a South African on the world tour at that time?
1: What was hard is you would see your friends go and play in the team competitions. And you know you could not do that. Mm. So you could never play for South Africa. That was very sad. But, un, uh, but luckily, you know, it is an individual sport. There were obviously countries we were not allowed to go in. And that was sad because Anacoon and I were a good doubles team. We were number one in the world for a while. Mm-hmm. And then there were some tournaments I couldn't go and play with him. And that year we ended up number two. Mm-hmm. That I thought we had a really good chance to finish number one. But, you know, and contract-wise, it was not good for me as a per- uh, personally. But there were enough opportunities to travel the world and to play then as an individual player. So,
0: one of one of only two people to beat Sampras in straight sets at Wimbledon, nineteen ninety. Tell us about that. (laughs)
1: It's funny, I get this question a lot, and I'm thinking I might have to call him. And (laughs) now that I'm older and the question comes up, I should probably thank him for maybe not playing that well. (laughs) But listen, he wasn't that good. That uh, I mean, he was good, but he wasn't as good as about 10 years after that. He did win the U.S. Open that same year. And when the draw came out, it was one of those things that you felt, wow, there were so many other players in this draw that you could have played that would have been better. And then it was such a hype because they already talked that he had Wimbledon that he could win Wimbledon. And I remember I, really had a, I had a really good coach mm-hmm. who just kept reminding me, listen, you've done the work. You've beaten a lot of good players on the grass. And I just played really well in the match and got him at a time where he was going to be famous, but not that famous yet.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't quite have the beard growing yet. Uh, Pete Sampras was famous for the jaw and the beard.
1: I know he was, but he's actually a super guy. Mm. You know, every time I see him, he's really great, and he wrote about that in his book. And he's just a very... hes just a, He was just a very good guy for the sport. Mm. Yeah,
0: we, we're going to take a break, but he was almost like... Well, I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest, but he was leading up to to the current crop of tennis players that we have now. If it wasn't for him and maybe Boris Becker, we wouldn't have these great guys that are currently dominating the tennis circuit.
1: Yeah, like it, like the tennis comes in a cycle. Mm. There's always every decade you get these two or three people that just pop up and they take this game to another level, and they marketable. The and then they go, and then the next few people came. But he was, listen, he introduced one of the biggest second And like you said, uh, Becker was the first guy who introduced power. Mm-hmm. How hard you actually could hit a ball. And then that evolves in new people learning that style. I always refer back to Bannister breaking the mile. Right. You know, you never thought it could happen. And then it happened, and then like a year or two years later, it's just old news. So the game is just... <laughs> New people bring new things. They, Agassi came and could hit, a, could return someone's first serve topspin with ease. His hands were just so quick. And then he took that level where returners thought again. Wow, this is easy to return. I
0: can do that. And then the returners took mm-hmm. over from the servers. All right. I'm chatting to Christopher Rensberg, our new Davis Cup captain. We're going to talk Davis Cup tennis after this. Sport tracks on SFM. 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 SFM with John Carica. Guest is Christopher Rensberg. He is the new Davis Cup captain joining us via Skype to Texas. Christo, the Davis Cup team has done a lot under the, the stewardship of Marcus Andriska. Things are looking good in South African tennis at the moment. What are you going to bring to
1: it? You know, everyone has different ideas. And uh, the first thing is obviously to find a way how we can kids? Are we going to find out about more talent in South Africa? Mm. Because uh, you, what happens with those kids? The the system is really good in South Africa now, where they have tournaments in the junior level, and they have junior teams that's traveling that that crosses that hurdle where they can go and practice against and play tournaments with or competitions with people in the outside. And then you get now where more and more of the players come from South Africa and then they come here to college. Mm. And with the technology now, you can obviously track more of them and the tournaments that they have in South Africa. So I think getting the information, finding out where the talent is, and then go and sit with uh, my friends uh, Raven Klarsen and... uh, Jeff Kutsia and everyone in South Africa, and also Jonnet Kruger and the Fed Cup team, find out if we could discuss about what, how do we want to train these new generations? Because I'm still looking back at uh, at what the All Blacks did. You know, by the time the All Blacks get to the become the real All Blacks they have fit into some kind of organization. So I think if we can keep linking it, so by the time they get to me, they are not, I I don't like to use the uh, stupid mistakes, I want to kind of say, mistakes that should have been addressed Mm -hmm. at a younger age. So maybe form some unity to say, in the world tour to make it, they should be striving to achieve this goal, And these are basic things that's good in tennis. So let's address it and send it out to the coaches so they can kind of implement that already. And Because every coach has a different view and different strategy. And that's not as much as we care about. We just want to care that there's a basic play that people should understand. Mm. Otherwise, They get too old and they're too hard to adjust. So let's start at a younger age to bring that in. And then I have been working on a system what I want to bring into South Africa, how to find talent. I am not a fan at all about scouting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I Mm -hmm. never liked it because if you and I are going to watch one player and he's 12 years old, I might think he's good and you not. And if you are the Davis Cup captain or very high up in the tennis, that kid is not going to get through the ranks because a scout already identify him as, I don't think he's going to be good. Mm. So we have a we can start implement, implementing there. And that's very high on my list uh, as the year go on to have some meetings about that because finding talent and then keeping them and put them in good hands because we have really good coaches in South Africa. We form a, a nice, like a ladder. It's following up to the top. Mm. That's my big.
0: Yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm listening and I'm thinking of Rashi Rasmus as well. He, rugby is slowly, slowly, as you said with the All Blacks, slowly, slowly focusing on the Springboks. You are taking that same sort of approach and taking the Davis Cup as the World Cup of Tennis and saying, why don't we find this great talent and get them into a system to become a, the, one of the best tennis t- countries in the world?
1: Yes, and the way to do that, you really need trust in the coaches in South Africa. And I think me coming in, it will help because I'm not competing with them Mm -hmm. to take their players. I wanna help them Mm -hmm. because I've had the fortunate, I was very fortunate my whole life to be on the tennis court with Ivan Landl and then Tony Roach coached him. (laughs) So here I have all that knowledge about what it takes to play at the high level. And if the coaches will buy into that, and that I'm not really there to take their kids away but add value, Mm,
0: mm.
1: and so that is my goal, and these are all meetings that has to be set up and be discussed, and it's unity. Because, and what, I mean, I can talk an hour about this, (laughs) but it is unity in a program.
0: Has Tennis South Africa put trust in you, have, or have they have they put down strict guidelines that you need to do X, Y, and Z by the end of the year?
1: Uh, we are all in the process now of obviously discussing that. I mean, the first hurdle was to get the job. I lost to Marcus Andruska five years ago, and I kind of had a feeling I would lose because he had an academy, and he had Wayne Ferreira with him very close to the academy, and I didn't have an academy. I'm more individual person, and spend my time analyzing video and see who fits what and and which direction and I feel now that I've got the chance i'm um, I hope that they would I feel uh, you know it will be a, it, it's obviously i'm gonna learn they have to teach me mm-hmm. kind of what they would like from their side, but from the aspect of knowing what a player should be able to do. And then big shoes to fill, man. I'm coming <laughs> from a place close to uh, Dispatch where Rassi Rasmus, Erasmus. They must have something in the water there. <laughs> Not in the uh, you know, <laughs> make, uh, EP. Where's my EP rugby team? I'm looking for so them. So sad. I'm the early. saddest
0: thing ever. There's just I'm
1: hurting, not seeing them. It's m- my
0: team. Money's just been moved around. Uh, okay, Christo, th- let's talk about the actual tournament now. Against Venezuela at some point this year, the website says March or September. So how are you preparing? Are you preparing for a March possibility?
1: That has just been announced that it's been moved to September. Okay. So finally, I know something you don't know. <laughs> I feel so good about myself. <laughs> I'm oh up on you. Now it's been moved to September. It gives me obviously a little bit of time to get to know all the players because I've made I've made a list the other day of the top 75 players mm-hmm. that are ranked in the world ranking and have all their names down because and just to to kind of say why I'm doing that I know there's a top cream that always looks to get in. Mm. But, you know, it might just take a phone call from me to talk to someone who's ranked 25 or 30 and feel like you're watching them because that's what happened with my life. I was only 21. I told you South Africa under 18 and one phone call. So I'm very big on letting a lot of people know that they're going to be on my radar and they might only develop their game two years later. But they're on my list. Now I obviously will have a little bit more time because I will, we are working on it now to maybe get the college guys because I'm here in America and they finish maybe April or beginning of May. Maybe we can keep them here for two or three weeks and let's just go all to some tournaments and watch them play, see their personalities because you can't coach everyone the same, and you kind of figure out what everyone likes to do, take what they do well, and let them then go away for the summer and use some of the things we discussed. So that's kind of in the pipeline. We need- and the team will only be later, but maybe I'll call Rassi. He might help me. Yeah, why not? he nothing else to do. Can- I can talk Afrikaans to him, so him and I can understand...
0: Uh, just just quickly christo we've we got to wrap it up, but you, you mentioned the rankings, so you 're not going to look at the top three guys, four guys, and go all right, those are the people in the team
1: Well, if I have to pick the team for next week, right. you obviously would have to go with because the thing about tennis rankings, rankings don't lie, so you will you will always have to, but then, where we are in South Africa now, we have a lot of people in that level that's fighting to become like, you know, like the next Kevin Anderson and Lloyd Harris has moved up and now you have the college guys and a lot of them have potential. Mm. So you put them in a mold. But uh, if I, like you say, I'm going to have a few months to explore, chat to them, see if I can help them. Two months later, look at some of the videos, see if there's a chemistry. Because coaching is also a little bit about chemistry. You're going to sit on the court with them. They're going to be under pressure. Are they going to believe what you're telling them? Because you and you and, and the person have already had that relationship over three or four or five months. That's the key.
0: Christo, good chatting to you. Good luck. And we'll keep a keen eye on that Davis
1: Cup side. Thank you so much for including me. And we cannot do anything like this without the support of you guys. So thank you so much. Hope to meet you soon.
0: For shop, sure, Christopher Rensberg, South Africa's new Davis Cup captain, joining us from Texas.